Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good Wednesday evening to you. Welcome to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH. It's a pleasure to be with you this Wednesday evening, this post-fed Wednesday evening. And a pleasure to be with my co-host, Mr. Jason Gaunt. We call him the professor of Sanchez Wealth Management. How you doing, Jay? I am doing okay. We had a little bit of uh, <laughs> rain on our screens today. Which always a little bit, happy. yeah. yeah. Look like, looked like it was St. Patrick's Day today, didn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's good. I like that. Oh, I, man, you know, no kidding. Isn't ten that more of these. And right. everything will be good. Right. It'll be a good week, a good week, a good month, a good year. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Oh, my goodness. Well, great to be with you, brother. It was an interesting session today, folks, and this is exactly what we're going to be focusing on this evening. We will be talking post-Fed. What did uh, the Fed have to say in their interest rate decision? But most importantly, what did Mr. Powell have to say at his news conference, which, of course, uh, followed at 1130, 30 minutes after the release of the Fed minutes? You know, Jason, it, it was. I want to kind of just get the ball rolling here. It was a. It was a very interesting market reaction. We, you know, typically what I've noticed over the last few meetings is you'll get a bit of a dip right after the uh, the chairman begins his his uh, his uh, the press conference. Right today, there really wasn't much of a dip afterwards. It, the the market really you know held steady with everything. Um, and, and actually, at that point, it started to build on some momentum, and then we get into, you know, right about no eleven thirty quarter to twelve, right around there. So not long after the the uh, the chairman began speaking, and it was off to the races. The the market was like, I kept waiting. It's like, is he going to say something that that's going to spook the market? You know, day after Halloween, he absolutely didn't. He was he was, I guess you could say, on his absolute best behavior today. On his best behavior, he the street loved everything that the man had to say. Yeah, I mean, and again, I think uh, uh, the market by and large assumed that today was going to be nothing done as far yep. as interest rates are concerned. But, you know, the thought would be that uh, it would be a hawkish pause. Remember, sort of hawks fly oh, up hawkish pause. and yeah. doves uh, uh, go down towards the ground, how people say hawks and doves, just so we can mm-hmm. throw out yeah, some of that lingo job. and teach yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah. And I would say he was sort of, you know, even keel. He didn't really take a, a bias either way. Clearly, you know, was on that data dependent line. I think, again, part of the uh, what they expected to see is occurring, and still part of it is uh, waiting to be seen. Um, but I think the Fed's in a spot now where uh, they're at that tender edge of not wanting the markets to collapse. And remember, that's not what the Fed wants. They don't want the S&P to go crash, but they do want to get the consumer uh, you know, into more of a cautious phase where their impetus is to not spend versus spend with reckless abandon. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, part of the data that they've been seeing has been at least signaling that the consumer is slowing and some of the ISM numbers that we got, et cetera, are showing that the consumer is, you know, reticent and starting to be more concerned of the R word. 
Uh, and, you know, I think that is a better place uh, for them to be, certainly in the case that we're trying to get these rates down. So, uh, again, I would say the market uh, expected what it got today. And as you and I have talked about coming into this week and given where the market is from a technical standpoint and seasonality, et cetera, uh, 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 good news or no bad news is good news, <laughs> yeah. and we saw that carry through uh, with some short covering today. The only part that, again, the seen small caps not really react as, as much as the rest of the market is, is still something that we're keeping a close eye on, but overall it was nice to see you know, NASDAQ and the S&P close uh, uh, over a percent higher. Yep, absolutely. Great summary. Well, let's go through some of the details of the no change of the uh, interest rate cycle. So once again, the Fed did leave the rates, the Fed funds rate, of course, five and a quarter to five and a half percent. During the press conference, again, this is where all the action, of course, always occurs. Mr. Powell did acknowledge that the Fed has come very far with this rate uh, hike cycle, that the risk with, uh, with policy decisions doing little or doing too much have gotten more two-sided. So to Jason's point, more equally weighted, whereas the risk in the first year or so of tightening was all on the side of not doing enough. So the street is no longer interpreting that the Fed needs to do more is the bottom line of that comment. Something else that I thought was interesting that he he mentioned is that the Fed is not considering any changes to its balance sheet runoff plans. So I'm going to stop with that because let's kind of remind everybody, Jason, what this what we're talking about here. Remember, the Fed is letting 95 billion. That's with a B like boy, 95 billion dollars of their balance sheet runoff. So those are those are government bonds, treasuries, et cetera, that are that are coming due, that are maturing, and the Fed is not taking that money like they did in the past and reinvesting it back into the bond market to artificially keep rates low. They're they're they're, they're just letting them run off. They're letting them expire and mature, and therefore the Fed again is not this big counterparty into the bond market that again was one of the major culprits of rates staying so low for so very long. So he made it very clear again they're not considering changing that whatsoever. There has been some chatter that the Fed may reduce that. I've said that many times myself, Jason. I know you have, which is boy, you want to get these rates down. Fed doesn't have to do anything to the Fed funds rate, right? All they have to do is say, oh, guess what? We're not letting 95 billion runoff. We're only going to allow 45 billion runoff or some lower number. And I think you. You'd see an immediate reaction in the bond market as to those rates coming down, but obviously that is uh, that is not in the cards whatsoever. Uh, now the other thing that was very interesting is that he also made it very clear that there's no talk about the Fed cutting interest rates at all right now. Matter of fact. Um, you know, when is this going to happen? Well, I found something very, very interesting. According to the Fed Fund's futures contract, as of tonight, um, basically what the street is saying is there there is no price, uh, no pricing for any more rate hikes. This is the good news, folks. No pricing for any more rate hikes over the next 12 months. Now, of course, that can change, but that's how powerful this, this press conference was today. No rate hikes for the next 12 months. Now, coming into this, I didn't see the latest numbers probably in the last week, so don't don't take this you know real seriously. But maybe you saw the numbers, Jay. You know, again, coming in today, there was a 1% probability of a rate increase, um, but I did not see what December's numbers were coming into this. Had, had you seen anything recently? Like I said, I saw it you know a couple weeks ago, and there's you know less than a 40% chance. So I imagine it was holding. There, but now you know no no probability whatsoever. No, no. I mean the December hike too was is yeah. I think it's sub thirty percent at this point. Okay, now it's um, sub thirty. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it's. Yeah, I mean again, I think that's part of what uh, the Fed still needs to let you. And he said in his speech too that uh, even if we pause, doesn't mean we can't hike later. Oh right? yeah. They keep wanting yeah. to let you know 
You know, it's kind of by the way, you get a spanking in the garage <laughs> carry, for being bad. Exactly. You know? <laughs> we carry a big uh, stick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love you, uh, but I'm still going to carry this belt with me. You know, and it's kind of yeah. one of those things that you also uh, don't want to assume that it's it, it can't happen if things get out of line. And you know, I think that that's part of what the Fed needs to do is you know, keep you keep you concerned over all that. Uh, if if things get too good, that they'll come back. Um, and right. you know, it's a it's a tough it's a tough spot to be in for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, let, let's let's be optimistic. Uh, we're both in a very good mood to, thanks to the market reaction today. We're both in a very good mood as to what the Fed had to say. Let, so let, let let's do a little optimistic forecasting here. Let's let's say the street is correct that we're not going to get anything in the December meeting. There there is nothing this month. No no uh, no meeting this month. So we we focus for one more time in December when the Fed gets together. But let's be a little optimistic. And as I said, and and let's say what what does this market do if it if it thoroughly is convinced as it is today, which it's easy to do after the party's over. Is the market? What if the market becomes thoroughly convinced that the Fed is out of the picture at least for the rest of this year? Not not even looking out the next 12 months, but even the rest of this year. What could that mean for the overall market reaction? I mean, <laughs> it's it's very bullish. I mean, we had a nice pullback in the 10-year Treasury today, down nine basis points, 4.79. I mean, we were at five percent not too long ago, so or close to five. So you know, what could that potentially mean for this market reaction? You know, to go in the final two months of this year. Well, uh, you know, I, I I think that uh, ultimately, if uh, the Fed is done and uh, the market starts to assume that their next move, whenever it is, is lower. Uh, you could potentially start to see a bullish steepener in the market of short-term interest rates starting to come down and uh, 10-year rates staying about where they're at, right, which uh, would be favorable for folks who own short-term treasuries now, but you know, by summertime, you could be in a spot where you're having reinvestment risk, at least on the short end of the curve, and we'll have to take duration risk, as in buying the longer end of the curve, if you want to be getting a 5% yield, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of what, you know, the market would like, I think, near term. That could provide mm -hmm. a tailwind in that short-term rates do come lower, but I don't expect the longer end of the curve to come down anytime right. soon because that now drops us into the whole fiscal situation. And I was talking with one of those, you know, uh, folks in the office today showing them, you know, the, the, the government's current budget deficit and the <laughs> fact that, you know, we did get that announcement today, but it was still incredibly high in terms of yes. the debt that the government still needs to issue at three-year, five-year, you know, and longer uh, rates, which I think will continue uh, with the Fed themselves running off their balance sheet, uh, uh, keep rates higher for longer, um, sort of despite what the Fed says. So yeah, it's uh, it could provide a tailwind for equities, but I don't think it's going to be a you know a massive uh, stimulus to stocks. I just think it may alleviate some of the pressure that we've been seeing because of the rate. Well, but, but I don't higher. understand what I, I think. This is the opposite. I, I think it could be a, a, a great stimulus for stocks. Why are you saying it wouldn't be? I'm missing your point. Merely because uh, I think it can be help I think it would relieve some of the headwind, but uh, you know the situation is still there that uh, companies are going to need to refinance debt at some point at five okay. plus percent in the next right. year or three, uh, and that is ultimately what the market's reacting to, right? It's not maybe a short-term bump of some kind, call it mm -hmm. 4,300 on the S&P or, you know, maybe a little bit higher. But uh, I don't think that, you know, the rates are going to plummet near term 
uh, because the Fed hasn't stated that would occur. But it would just be more of, you know, the the issues that we've been, I feel like we've digested the big move in rates, and that's what caused Mm -hmm. the S&P to drop darn near 10% in two-plus months, right? Right. That and the geopolitical. But, you know, overall, now we're at a spot that uh, uh, they're more neutral, right, Uh, certainly in the Fed stance. And if uh, equities could get a little bit of a rally just from a relief, but I don't think it sets the table for some sustainable move higher just because the Fed's now paused and keeping rates at 5.5% for the foreseeable future. So I think that's more of what I was saying. Okay, gotcha. Thanks for clarifying. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about what the chairman again had to say about the economy overall, jobs market, etc. on the John Sanchez Show. News Talk 780 KOH. Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show on Newstalk 780 KOH with Jason Gahn of Sanchez Wealth Management. As we said, it was a great session today. Finished up 222 points on the Dow, 0.67% rise to 33,274. NASDAQ rose 210 points, 1.64%, finishing the day at 13,061. And the S&P, I rise there of 44 points or 1.05% to 4,237. Uh, as we indicated in the first segment, the Fed did leave interest rates unchanged. Uh, The street right now pricing in no probability of another interest rate increase over the next 12 months. Again, take that with a grain of salt. Things can change at any time. But we want to come back and kind of talk about some of the other things Mr. Powell mentioned at his press conference again. You know, Jason, I, I was I was browsing the uh, the Wall Street Journal site uh, during the break there, and I and I found something that was that was uh, somewhat interesting. Again, as as everyone tries to interpret what what Mr. Powell sounds, or, you know, what his what his comments are, and you you try to read between the lines, and and that type of thing. Uh, I mean, this is this is folks. This is what those of us that deal with money and and re- do this for a living. These are the type of things. That that we have to uh, that we have to deal with uh, in regards to trying to dice, uh, you know, what the chairman has to say. So when when he was basically asked the question uh, around what's it going to take for the central bank to raise rates at their next meeting, which that date, by the way, or dates are going to be December twelfth and thirteenth. When he was pressed about this, uh, whether the Fed has raised rates to a level that would be sufficient to bring down inflation. He said the following. This is what I mean. You know, good luck sitting in our seats. He, he said the following. He says, we're not confident that we haven't, but we're not confident that we have. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> what would it take for the central bank to raise rates at its next meeting? Well, we're not confident that we haven't, we're but we're not confident that we have. So, yeah, so, you know, you, you, you try to look at that. But, you know, the bottom line is, as we said, going into the into the commercial break, you know we've got a strong GDP. So so okay. So let's let's back up just a second here. Let's kind of put it in, a, in a, another perspective for everybody. We are seeing signs that the labor market is slowing down. We, we today we we received the uh, the jolts data. Now the jolts data, of course, is uh, 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 the number of openings, job openings in our country. So the jobs the jolts number came in at uh, 9.553 million, prior was revised to 9.497 million from its uh, earlier higher number. So, you know, well, let's just round the numbers, roughly 500,000 more job openings. So that has to put a, 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 a you know, smiley face on, on Jerome Powell and the rest of the crew over there. Okay, so we got that. We know that 
so the 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 data the how the the labor data is slowing down a little bit now of course on friday we're going to get the non-farm payroll numbers we'll see what happens there adp today came out and said the private sector job growth was only 113,000. estimates were 130,000. so there's another report showing the labor market is is slowing down but yet we have the the counter trend where a lot of the economy you know exclusive of the labor side is not doing bad whatsoever GDP is at a 4.9% annualized rate. Um, you know, we have a lot of other areas that seem to be doing very, very well. And this, Jason, I think to your point is going to be uh, the point you made before break is we still have some of these headwinds. We have a Fed now that seems to be more accommodative and, and again, starting to smile a little bit that their, uh, you know, 10 interest rate increases uh, over the last you know year plus have started to work, have started to slow down the economy in some certain aspects. But other aspects, you know, Fed, we know, has been very, very frustrated about still overall strong jobs growth. They've got to be frustrated at a 4.9% GDP. And, and again, some of the other data that's out there, uh, as you indicated, the ISM, which is a, a manufacturing report, will get services tomorrow, I believe. Um, it showed a reading of 46.7. You want a reading of 50 or above to show expansion. Uh, this number did. Um, this is October's data. dipped from September. So manufacturing slowing down a little bit. So I think... I think my takeaway, Jason, is the Fed's going, okay, we've started to slow things down as as we obviously have very much intended to slow things down. It's not quite where we wanted, but do we really think that another interest rate in 2%, so on and so forth? And I think they're now going to take this, let's just kind of wait and see attitude. Let's we, We've done enough damage, I'm, I think is probably what they're thinking to themselves. We've done enough damage. Let's things, as you and I have said so many times over these interest rate increases and pauses, let's just kind of chill out for a little bit. Let's just relax a little bit. Let's see what happens in the economy before we go to another dramatic move of a quarter percent increase. Yeah. And I mean, we're getting earnings from many companies that there you go. Uh, uh, you're starting to see at least, you know, the bad are getting shot. But, mm -hmm. you know, if they're, if they're, you know, I feel still like if they've been good enough while there have been maybe early selling reactions, you're seeing strength. I mean, AMD was a perfect example where mm -hmm. the stock was down after the close, and then they came out with, again, their best guidance that they're able to give that was favorable, and the stock was 10% higher by the end of the day. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, those parts of the economy, you can make the argument that we are, uh, AI or not, going through yet another technology revolution, right, and what it ends up looking like and who the winners and losers are going to be. Will we get a recession in the middle? Probably. Uh, yeah. It doesn't mean that the world ends, right? We've been mm -hmm. through N number of, of recessions, and the world hasn't ended uh, yet. So I think, it, again, the same thing where this fear of it, fear of it, fear of it is just turning this beast in your closet probably into mm -hmm. uh, your, uh, it's actually just a cat that's in there fooling around. And, <laughs> you know, I think this fear of the fact that, you know, oh, well, a recession's coming uh, continues to sort of dominate the narrative and you get the likes of a Druckenmiller or, you know, a uh, Gunlock from Double Line who, you know, again, uh, to some extent is talking his book, right? Like mm -hmm. they're a bond firm and they're out there saying that you know these negative things are coming then it's a wonderful generational opportunity to buy bonds and i agree but uh, it doesn't mean that you know there needs to be blood in the streets first which obviously our government's going through a, a bit of a fiscal disaster uh, in terms of the debt that's needed for many of the entitlements but you know again just to uh, ask for the request we'll send you over what a lot of that budget deficit is made up of there's a lot of entitlements that i think many listeners would have a tough time cutting 
right? And I think that's the tough part is we're at this sort of crossroads, uh, both fiscally for the government, but also for the economy where, you know, people probably have overspent and we're going to get to a point where it's going to make sense to, you know, probably be better on your own fiscal uh, uh, balance sheet too. And that's what the Fed's trying to get us to. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, you know, speaking of Washington, of course, uh, now that the calendar has turned to the next month, this is the month, of course, where we're going to have another another vote in Congress, see if they're going to shut down the the, uh, the, the, uh, the government or not, right? We got that to yeah. deal with this month also. So awesome. some are saying uh, very convincingly, yeah. yep, that's right, that, uh, that, that the government is going to shut down this time uh, due to all the situations going on with a new speaker and so on and so forth, may want to make a name for himself, et cetera. So we'll see. All right, when we come back, you touched on something that, that you beat me to the punch. I want to ask or answer this question. Let's debate this. Is it time, now that we have the Fed kind of at, at a halt at this moment, is it time to add bonds to your portfolio? If you haven't done so yet, are you too late? Or is it time, based upon what Jason just said about you know a few of these other firms out there really pounding the table, that this may be the time that you want to do it? I know Jason's a big bull on bonds. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll, uh, we'll have a good discussion on that topic. Is it time to add bonds when we come back? Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH with Jason Gunn of Sanchez Wealth Management. A 222 gain on the Dow today, 0.67%, 33,274 are close. NASDAQ rose 210, 1.64%. S&P a gain there of 44 points or 1.05%. All right, well, we spent the first half hour of the show talking about the Fed's interest rate decision. They did nothing as anticipated. Uh, Street's interpretation of Mr. Powell's uh, interview after the or press conference after the uh, big announcement, of course, was... No interest rate increases for the next 12 months. They're going to be on a pause for quite some time. Now, Jason, before we get to the uh, the question I, I uh, led us with going to the break, which is, is it time to add bonds to the portfolio now that we think the Fed is going to be on a pause, or the street does, for quite some time? I do want to take a moment, because I think this is always very uh, enlightening for everyone, to read to everybody the press release that happened at 11 a.m. this morning uh, as it goes into a few other areas of the economy that I think everyone should understand what, uh, what the Fed is thinking. So give me a moment. Let me read this to you, and uh, then we'll progress on to our question. So here's the uh, press release. Recent indicators suggest that the economic activity expanded at a strong pace in the third quarter. Job gains have moderated, so there you go, since earlier in the year, but remain strong, and the unemployment rate has remained low. Inflation remains elevated. The U.S. banking system is sound and resilient. Tighter financial and credit conditions for households and businesses are likely to weigh on economic activity, hiring, and inflation. That's what the Fed wants. The extent of these effects remain uncertain. The committee remains highly attentive to inflation risk. The committee, of course, is, uh, seeks to achieve maximum employment and inflation at the rate of 2% over the long run. In support of these goals, the committee decided to maintain the target Fed funds rate uh, between 5.25% to 5.5%. The committee will continue to assess additional information and its implications for monetary policy and determining the extent of additional policy firming that may be appropriate to return inflation to 2% over time. The committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, and economic and fin financial developments. In addition, the committee will continue reducing its holdings of Treasury securities. There's that unwinding of the balance sheet we discussed. Uh, reduce its holdings of Treasury securities and agency debt and agency mortgage-backed securities as described in its previously announced plans. The committee strongly committed to returning inflation to its 2% objective. 
Finally, in assessing the appropriate stance of monetary policy, the committee will continue to monitor the implications of incoming information for the economic outlook. The committee would be prepared to adjust the stance of monetary policy as appropriate if risks emerge that can impede the attainment of the committee's goal. The committee's assessment will take into account a wide range of information, including readings on the labor market conditions, inflation pressures, and inflation expectations, and financial and international developments. So that's where they leave the door open for you know anything basically they want to do going forward. And once again, this was a unanimous decision. Okay, now Jay, let's go to the the question we posed going into the break, which is, is it time to add to bonds? And just so we're clear with everybody before we go into this little discussion, we've made this well known. <laughs> Not that one of us is right or one of us is wrong, but this is what makes Jason and I's relationship so wonderful. Is a lot of majority of things we agree on. Sometimes we have a, a wonderful d- debate and disagree a little bit. You love bonds, Jason. I don't like bonds. I won't say I hate them. I don't like them. So let's debate whether you think it's time to add bonds to the portfolio, and then I'll I'll chime in with my opinion. See see what you have to say. <laughs> it's be fun. Yeah, and and I don't want to say love, right? Like it's not like uh, you know uh, I love uh, mom's cooking. Um, it's more of uh, in terms of you know including it in a portfolio for uh, so so bonds in my mind in a. Uh, a diversified portfolio represent cash that earns money while you wait to buy stocks. That's truly how I view the the 40 in a 60-40 portfolio or a 30 or a 20. It is the ballast uh, for a portfolio in that, you know, if you want to be all in on stocks, uh, you know, uh, unless you're uh, uh, an amazing market timer, which I promise you you're not, uh, you're going to, uh, you know, unfortunately be taking a wilder ride if you're concerned about the day-to-day of the market going up and down. If your plan is I'm going to buy and sell at the top and then wait until they go down and buy at the bottom, uh, it's not going to work. But if you're uh, someone who wants to still get equity exposure but reduce the volatility in your portfolio, that's what the bonds are there for or alternatives, etc. But the, uh, the the ballast part now can earn you a good amount of money for a much lower risk, whereas, you know, a year and a half ago, bonds were returnless risk, right, where they were giving you a whopping half or a percent and a half uh, for uh, the thought that rates are going to go up, right? So people were basically borrowing from you uh, uh, at incredibly low rates. But now, you know, in many client portfolios, their cash flow needs are 4 to 6%, right? Where if they could just get a 6% return on their assets, it'll hit all their marks for the next decade, right? Well, uh, you know, you're going to be able to buy investment-grade bonds from the likes of uh, Procter & Gamble, uh, Pepsi-Cola, uh, you know, uh, very, very, you know, sort of cash flow, positive, sustainable companies where I would say nothing's without risk, but very, very, very low risk, and earn your needs without taking equity risk, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why that, you know, bonds, if they fit into your, you know, sort of you're in that cash flow phase or later in your investing horizon, like they're going to really, really be an amazing place to park your money. Uh, yes, uh, inflation can get you, right? If, intra- if, if uh, you know, the dollar loses value and or prices continue to be uh, uh, violent to the upside, a fixed income portfolio may not keep up with stocks. And that's why having stocks in a portfolio are helpful too. But net-net, 
uh, we're entering a phase where companies are going to need to refinance their debt, and they're not going to do it at 3%. It'll be at sort of where going rates are, you know, 6, 7, 8 plus. Uh, and you're going to really get paid for a fairly low risk uh, investment for a while. And that's sort of why I think, you know, they're, you know, that's the place where if you're doing your work uh, and you want to expand your, your brain a little bit, uh, you know, get away from the tickers and start hunting around for places. And many of your, you know, advisors and definitely your, you know, uh, other firms that you're personally holding securities make it pretty easy to go buy bonds in companies, um, uh, you know, that'll pay you for a decade. Uh, it's just something to be looking at. Yep, absolutely. I, I like your comment at the very beginning of, of your dissertation, which is it is a place to earn some interest while you're waiting to uh, basically I get stopped. into the stock market. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that that is an excellent way. I don't think I've ever heard somebody say that before. I, that, that makes a lot of sense to people. Um, all right. Now, here's the other side of it. And again, uh, no disagreement with Jason, but, but there are many out there like myself that, that I, I've never have had any luck with bonds over my 31 year career. So that that's that's the first piece of honesty that I'll say the reason I don't care for bonds. I will tell you, Jason has convinced me over the years that he and I have been together that bonds do have their place and hence why we have many of them in our portfolios. So, uh, you know, I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth, but I just want to kind of open my heart up there. So here's here's my logic, Jason, and you know this very well. You know me mm-hmm. better than anybody, which is I've always used cash as a as that placeholder, right? If I didn't want to have 100%, rarely do, uh, in the market, we would keep 5%, 10%, or some number of cash, uh, percentage of cash. That, of course, was painful, back to your point, when cash was yielding nothing. But now I can get cash, and, and I was trying to look what our custodian is paying right now, but I couldn't uh, I couldn't find it in time. But I just did a national search, and according to uh, uh, savingthemoneymarketaccounts.com, they, they came back with a national search that, that a, a money markets on a national basis, uh, like SoFi is an example, a very well-established company, uh, 4.6% is what their money market's paying. Uh, Citizens Bank, 4.5%. So I'm getting almost, the point I'm getting to is I'm getting almost equivalent of what a a bond, and and so let me pause right there. So let's just use uh, SoFi's number of 4.6%. So if I go to where the bonds closed at today, um, for 4.6, I would need, well, two years at 4.97, okay? So that's that's the highest yield other than the 30 year, but we're not talking that far out. So let's compare that 4.96 to 4.97, but I, or 4.6, but I don't have any interest rate risk. And I think that's what scares me because very few people these days. Now, if you follow Jason's advice and you're buying individual treasuries, um, individual bonds, etc., that's a completely different ballgame. Very few people do that anymore. It's very challenging. So what people will tend to do is use a package product, a mutual fund, an ETF that owns hundreds, if not thousands of these bonds. They are very susceptible to interest rate risk, where if you buy individual bonds, hey, as long as you hold them to maturity, they're backed by the government, government's never defaulted, pretty safe call that you're going to get your money back, plus you've collected a nice interest. So I think you really need to look at what are you going to do? Are you going to own individual bonds or are you going to own a package product? If you're going to own a package product, look and see what that yield is, but just understand you've got interest rate risk. So if we're wrong or the street's wrong in the prediction of what the Fed's going to do going forward for the next 12 months, they give us another interest rate increase, you potentially could see that principal uh, 
of that packaged product go down in value, the yield maybe edge up a little bit. So it's it's kind of this yin and yang, this teeter-totter. You know, I lose a little bit on my principal, but I gain a little bit on my yield back and forth. So if you're fine with that fluctuation, great. Bonds are a great way to go. But if you're more, hey, a, a parking spot, I just want to kind of take this money, park it there, earn some interest, then take a look at a money market, high yield savings, something along those lines where you don't have the interest rate risk, but yet that money's earning you something and you got that ability to move it quickly into the market. All right, when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on bonds, what the Fed did today, et cetera, on the John Sanchez Show. News Talk 780 KOH. Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH with Jason Gunn of Sanchez Wealth Management. Once again, the Fed left interest rates unchanged today. We've been talking about different scenarios. Again, one of the big takeaways is right at this point, the Fed, is, or the, excuse me, the street is feeling the Fed's not going to uh, do anything for the next 12 months. As I keep saying, take it with a grain of salt. It's all data dependent, as Mr. Powell indicated at his news conference today. We've talked about bonds. Again, a good placeholder if the uh, if the positioning is right for your portfolio. Um, Jason, let's kind of go back to the Fed as we have just a few minutes remaining in, in tonight's show. And you know, we, let, let's kind of talk a little bit about something you brought up earlier, which is you said the Fed kind of has their back to the wall, I think were your words or something similar to that. And, and so let's talk about really two scenarios that I see in regards to what the Fed is facing right now, right? We had 10 consecutive rate increases. We've had two pauses these last couple of meetings. So what do they face? I think it really boils down to two decisions. Number one, if they do raise rates again at some point, again, the street's not anticipating that, but if they do, they have to make sure they don't overshoot. Back to your point, you said it, I think the first segment, we've got a lot of corporate refinancing coming up in 2024, 2025. Bottom line is they cannot afford to do any damage, further damage to this economy. They are slowing things down like they wanted, but another interest rate increase may take us over the top. Expand on that point, then I'll come back with my second one. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that part, right? Because again, the, the rates that they've raised funds to is where you know, companies are going to be linked to when they're refinancing their debt, where they had low debt rates before, and then as they're refinancing them, based on the risk of the company, they're going to be at you know six or seven or eight or ten percent, uh, you know, based on sort of where bonds in the market are trading. So that's the part where they 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 have not yet seen the damage that they've done, but they feel that they've created enough pressure to cause damage later. And then finally, our government needs to issue debt as well. Uh, and yes. that also can create damage <laughs> if they have to keep doing it north of 5%. Yeah. Just asked Stan Druckenmiller today on his uh, interview on CNBC what he thinks of our Treasury Secretary not refinancing at the right time. <laughs> yeah, right. that was an interesting one. Uh, the second point I want to make real quickly is, okay, so the, the first risk, again, don't overdo it. The second risk is just the opposite, which is, don't allow that nasty I word, that, that little devil in disguise, inflation, creep its ugly head back and regain some of that inflationary uh, pressure that we you know, started this whole thing with, which is why the Fed has cut rates, or excuse me, has raised rates like they have. So once again, Jay, bottom line, it's going to be a balancing act going forward, data dependent, and uh, we will wait and see. All we care about is the market reaction, which well, let's hope there's more days like today, and uh, we'll be very pleased with the market reaction, will we not? You know it. You know it. <laughs> All right, brother. You be good. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night on the John Sanchez Show. God bless. This program was sponsored by Sanchez Wealth Management. The material in this program was intended as general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information on this broadcast was intended to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security.
Further information is available by contacting John at SanchezWealthManagement.com or 775-800-1801. John Sanchez offers securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group, LLC, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Securities offered only in states John Sanchez is registered in. Sanchez Wealth Management, LLC, and Independent Financial Group, LLC are unaffiliated entities. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.